harmony. Would you stand up with us this morning? We have a lot to celebrate. It's going to be a great day in the house of the Lord because we do have victory in Jesus this morning. Glad you're here. So as we sing this morning, sing from your heart. Sing from your lungs. Let's have a great time. thankful for that victory this morning so everybody over here look over there everybody over there look over there and everybody wave at somebody and say hey i'm really glad you're here this morning we're gonna listen to jamie here in a few minutes it's gonna be an awesome day all right sing this verse with me i heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and i heard about the street of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing up there
morning. Aren't they doing awesome? Yep. Awesome. You may be seated. want to thank each and every one of you for being here this morning. It's a great day at Harmony already. Looking forward to what Jamie has to say for us this morning. Thanks for joining in online. All of you here, if you have our app, you can open up the connection card. Just let us know you're here this morning. Let us know if you have any prayer requests. And those watching online, you can do the same thing online. Just send those prayer requests. Let us know you're watching this morning. It's a great honor and privilege to be here to worship God this morning. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for your visitors to come in uh, to hear Jamie. How many were here last time Jamie Regal preached? Well, I'm glad you came back. Jamie will get that in a minute. Anyway, so it's it's going to be a great day. John is uh, wrapping up his vacation today. They're uh, at the airport in Orlando now, so hopefully they'll get back safely tonight. It's been a good trip for them, and it's because of your faithfulness and generosity to the Lilly family that they were able to take that good vacation to celebrate his 20th year here. So thanks for your faithfulness. There's uh, lots going on around Harmony. There's a lot of prayer requests. Just want to keep you, I want to prod you to every Wednesday, if you're on our email list, you should get an email from Mary, our admin assistant, that goes through all of the announcements, all of the prayer requests, and if you have prayer requests that you need us to pray for, just send those in to Mary at Mary at HarmonyofAvon.com, all right, and we can get those on the list. I'm just thankful that you're here this morning, and uh, let's just open in prayer. Father, I am thankful that we have this place and the freedom to come and worship you. And Father, as we gather here today, I pray that you would just knock down any walls or barriers that's between us and you. Father, that you would touch Jamie right now and give him the words that he needs to speak this morning to touch our hearts, to open our hearts to the truth of God's word. And Father, as we enjoy our fellowship today, I pray that you would let our words be tempered with the word of God, that the, the words that we speak to each other are from you. And Father, I pray that you would just set aside the things that would distract us, that you would let us feel your power and presence today. Father, I pray for John and Stephanie and the girls as they travel today, that you would give them traveling mercies. And Father, as I think over the prayer list that we have in our inboxes, I, I just think of the ones that have lost family members, the Holderfields, the Walkers. Father, I'm mindful of the ones battling COVID, mindful of the ones battling cancer. And I know you have the answers. Father, help us trust what you have in store. And Father, most of all, I'm thankful for your love and your, your way of salvation. So today, Father, as we just continue to worship you, I pray that you would fill our hearts with praise because the Bible says that you in, inhabit the praise of your saints. So, Father, help us to be full of praise this morning. And, Father, help us understand and realize that it is because of you that we have hope. It's because of you we can face tomorrow. So, Father, I'm thankful again for your love, your mercy, and your grace, and all that you do for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me one more time? 
and God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He
There's more than 3,000 promises in the Bible. Promises made just for you, just for me. The first promise we claim is for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the last one that we claim is in my Father's house there are many mansions that are prepared for us. You can trust who God says you are this morning. Sing these words with me as we say who you say I am. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free. child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last he is with me. His life runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he
chapter 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That is a promise of heaven. That's what we're singing about this morning. If you're a child of God, you've got a prepared place ready for you. Are you Sing with me. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say. Sing that a couple more times now. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am again now. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Wonderful worship this morning. You may be seated. It is my privilege this morning to welcome our guest speaker. Um, I've only known Jamie for a few years because of his relationship with Pastor John. And uh, I got to pick him up at the airport last night, finally. If you live on the road, you know how much time you spend at airports when the, the airline says, well, we've got to change your flight. So I'm glad he finally made it in. Jamie, come on up. Let's make welcome to, to Harmony, Mr. Jamie Ragel. Well, good morning, everybody. I did make it. Um, I uh, had a middle seat. Anybody love the middle seat on the plane? I, I don't know why. I, all, I think there's a conspiracy. I, I'm 6'2". Uh, thank you, brother. I'm 6'2", uh, 200, none of your business. And uh, <laughs> I think they intentionally find the next two largest people in the whole airport. 
and put them on either side of me. And there's always that politics about who gets the armrest and, you know, is this your event or mine? And I just, I just wish it were, because I always get stuck next to the people that want to tell you their life story from DNA to the present, not just, hey, you know, I'm having a, you know, you probably remember seeing me. I have no idea who you are. I don't know you from a kid. And their breath is always, what in the world? How do you do? It smells like hot dog water. And, they, <laughs> and those people always have a secret. Have you noticed that? Hi. Not yet. You keep blowing that on me, and I will be, though. Everybody in the plane. But I'm just glad uh, to have made it. Do you, do you ever say, if I could do all over again? If I had the opportunity to do it all over again. I mean, knowing what you know about your life today and where you are because of the choices you made. Not the choices that somebody else made for you. You know, I had a daughter that had an aneurysm when she was uh, an infant. And for 30 years, she never talked. She never walked. She never went to a school dance. She never said, I love you. She never played volleyball. She never went on a date. She was fed through a tube. She had terrible seizures. The last 10 years of her life, she was on a ventilator, and she didn't make those decisions. But today, she's with the Lord, and I'm thankful, aren't you, that we have knowledge. Somebody said to me, what could be worse What could be worse than having a profoundly handicapped daughter and you just watch this child suffer with pneumonias? Do you know when you don't walk, you're a prime candidate for upper respiratory? And she would battle pneumonia and battle seizure. And and this person said, what could be worse than to have a child profoundly handicapped and you watch this unfold over those 30? Can I tell you what's worse? Having a daughter who is completely normal, who says, I don't want to know Jesus, I don't want to know God, I don't want to get saved, I don't believe in any of that, and she dies and spends eternity without God. When you are my age, you begin to see things very differently. Does that make sense to anybody? About the time you learn how to live life, it's time to die. Now, you can deny it. People my age love to, well, you know, 60-some middle-aged. No, you're almost dead. (laughs) You are only middle-aged at 60 if you're going to live to be 120. You are almost dead. Well, I don't want to fail. And listen. I look at all these beautiful young people. Does anybody remember those days? Memories like the corners of my mind. Remember those days? Now look at us. My friend Jerry remarried. He's 87. Well, he married a gal, 84, and they were honorable in their dating. They had both lost their mates, and they met, I think, at a community event. They started dating, and they were honorable. But on their wedding night, 
Jerry said, I sat on the edge of the bed, and she sat on the other side. She pulled her wig off, took her teeth out and put them in a jar, pulled her hearing aid out, took her glasses off, pulled her glass eye out, unscrewed her prosthetic leg, and I realized there's more of her on that nightstand than there is here in the bed with me. We get old, things change. Anybody remember homecoming queen? Anybody remember your homecoming queen? Boy, have mercy. You ought to see her now. (laughs) All I can say is when I see her, I think of Garth Brooks' song that says, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer. (laughs) She had a little tattoo of a butterfly back here. It ain't anymore. It's a pterodactyl with a broken wing. (laughs) Time hadn't been good to you. Somebody says, "I, I don't know what I think about all that laughing. You know, in every church there's a broken heart. Somebody here needs a little joy in their life today. If I had to do it all over, if I could live my life differently, if you have your Bible, I won't be long or boring. December, uh, December, uh, the, let's see, 25th is the day that we celebrate what, class? We celebrate Christmas. And it's not too far away, but do you know there are people, they've already got all their gifts bought. They, they're already planning this and planning. I, I was thinking about that the other day because I was listening to all the effort and energy that people exhaust in plans for Thanksgiving, plans for Christmas, and I'm thinking, what about eternity? You'll see it on my table. You'll see it on my wrist. <laughs> eternity is a long time to be wrong. Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm saved. That's not good enough, folks. We have just this moment, and we're not promised another moment. You know, I'm telling my wife, getting on the plane, the pilot's getting on. He's got two different color socks on. That doesn't bother a lot of people, but it really bothers me. Here's a guy that's supposed to be pretty plugged into detail, and, he's, and it's not like a navy and a black. It's like a tan and an orange sock. And, and I said, you're, you're not going to believe it. I mean, saying, and she said, here's what she says. Well, you know, if it's your time, honey, it's your time. <laughs> what if it's his time? <laughs> then I got to go. Take your Bible and, and just follow me for just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. I want to read just a couple of verses. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Now watch this. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Watch this, class. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants, your children, your heirs might live. 
You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. Now watch this, class. This is the key to your life. If you obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now now watch this, folks. God says you can live or die. You can be blessed or you can be cursed. But it's about the choices you make. You got your pencil? Write this down. You are only one choice away from a different life. You're one choice away from a different life. You're one choice away. Listen, the choice you make today could bring eternal blessing. The choice you make today could forever affect negatively your life. How many of you believe God forgives sin? How many of you believe that God forgives our sin? And aren't you thankful? But how many of you know there's still consequences associated with those choices? Listen, folks, when the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard, it's hard. Don't believe that you're the exception. You know, if I could live my life over again, here's one of the things I would quickly rectify. You can't live in faith and fear at the same time. You cannot live in faith and fear at the same time. You are going to move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Well, you know, this will never work. You shouldn't say that. Well, I know I'm not going to like this. Why would you say that? It's like the person who says, I know I shouldn't say this. And what they're doing is they're announcing to you what they know they shouldn't say. Folks, if you can't say it to them, don't say it to me. Have you lived long enough to know that if they gossip to you, they will gossip about you? And sometimes it takes years to get that all figured out. You know, I just, how many of you know that one of the beauties of getting old is you get a pass on being kind of curt and to the point? I love, of course, I've always been that way. I figure if I'm going to get charged for it, I'm going to say it. I'm pastoring a church in Florida back in, oh, a long time ago. This lady came and she said, you need to know that I'm praying about leaving this church. I said, well, you need to know that makes two of us. I've been praying you'd leave too. It's easier for you to move your membership than for me to move my furniture. Folks, if you can't love your church and support your church, love your pastor. And by the way, if you can't love your pastor, you've got the problem. I can assure you that. That's a good a man as God ever put on this planet. Loves the Lord. I like his wife better than him. You've got a great staff. Do you ever just think of how blessed we are? Well, I promise you somebody complained about something this morning, didn't they? I'll tell you one thing. It is ice cold in this building. It is ice, and you're the one. Well, you could be in another place that's not cold at all. Do you, I mean, do you ever think about that? 
Do you ever think that right now while we're here, somebody is in a hospital doing all they can to live one more day? Just one more day. Do you ever wonder where the time went? The lady was at my table just a minute ago. She said, do you remember me? Ma'am, I have no idea where my socks are. I, I don't know where they're at. I can't possibly know. And people get mad, and it's not that I want to forget. How many of you know you just like the doctor says the other day, hop up on the table? If you lost your mind, hop, hop. He said, well, maybe you could start running a little bit. <laughs> From who? If you ever see me running, call 911 because somebody is chasing me with a clown mask and a bloody knife. Get me. Anybody remember every time you went to the doctor when you were a kid, it's, hey, open your mouth. Anybody open your mouth? Let's look in there. Hey, oh, 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 let me see right here. Open your mouth real big. Uh-huh. Look in your ears. You know what it is now? Drop your trousers. Well, it's my, drop your trousers. But It's my ear. Drop your trousers. And you have all these tests that have the word oscopy. That means a searchlight, an air compressor, a garden hose, and handlebars for your commode because it's going to be a journey. And you sometimes ask yourself, did you ever see yourself being here? When you're young, you think you have forever. But some of you have lived your whole life in fear. Let me tell you something else I'd rectify real quick. No one is as they first appear. If you have five people at the end of your life who are true blue friends, I want to tell you, you're very fortunate. We make thousands of acquaintances in this life, but I want to tell you, folks, no one is as they first appear. Let me, well, let me ask you. Let me prove my point. <clears throat> Did you ever have a friend in your life that you thought was true blue who would never betray you, and they did? Have you ever done that? Uh, I'm not asking you, have you been the betrayed, but have you been the betrayer? Have you ever hurt someone so deeply? No one is as they first appear, and I want to tell you, that changes everything because you know what it teaches you early? Keep your eye on the one who's always faithful. He'll never let you down. He'll never disappoint you. People will misquote you. By the way, when people feel inferior to you, they're going to be critical of you. About 99% of all criticism is fueled by jealousy. Why in the world, I hear, I hear it all the time, why in the world would she wear that to church? Why in the world would, why does she wear something like that to church? Because she can? Remember when you could? Before you ate California? <laughs> Folks, do we not have better things to talk about? Are we so minuscule? You know, this lady, lady and her husband, and he was the, 
Whoever said women gossip, let me tell you, men are as bad as women ever dared to be and probably worse. They just do it. Hey, Earl, listen. If I was the pastor, you're not. Your pastor don't come to your job and tell you how to do yours. Don't go to his office and tell him how to do his. She, she. Well, if I was a pastor, she come back to the table. She said, I don't know what I think about selling all this in church. The Bible speaks against that. You're a kook. You're a total kook. Well, the Lord ran those people out. You don't even know what you're talking about. God rode them out, whipped them out. They were defrauding. They were stealing. They were lying. They were cheating. They were not people doing an effort to further a ministry and support a ministry and to promote a cause. Get your facts straight. Well, I have always heard. Then you heard wrong. By the way, folks, why don't we do this? As we get older, let's be willing to say, I'm sorry I was wrong. Forgive me. And these people who say, I'll never forgive you, well, then you'll never be right with God. Well, I will never forgive him. I will never forgive her. Then you'll never be right with God. How many of you know life is just like, it's a vapor? Do you, do, I mean, do you ever wonder where it went to? Do you think the world has changed? <laughs> if you ever told me I'd pay $3 for a bottle of water when we used to suck it right out of the garden hose, huh? Yeah. If you ever told me that we would live in a culture where we had to we had to try to understand why people don't understand whether they're male or female. I got an idea. Step out of the shower, look in the mirror. There's your answer. God's got it figured out. Well, you know, I never thought about And by the way, how many of you know we live in a culture where people have to tiptoe around the truth because everybody gets offended about I am tired of people who come to church to get offended. Come to, and just because you got a kid that has chosen a, a, a terrible life and a terrible life course, don't expect God's men or God's women to tiptoe around those issues because you happen to have a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife who's living in rebellion to God. We still need the proclamation of the truth because lies don't liberate people. Truth sets people free. By the way, these lights, I love them. I, my corneas are actually burning out. Listen, if I could do it all over again, I would tell you, you only get a miracle when you have to, not when you want to. How many of you have ever heard of dying grace? My mom died 10 months ago. I hear people say, well, I lost my mom. I didn't lose mine. I know where she's at. But life's never the same when you lose your mama. 
when you can't pick up phone call or it's just it's just different. My mother was diagnosed with something called, well, the acronym is ALL, A-L-L, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And it affects women in their older years. And when she got it, it killed her. And in record time, just a few months, she was gone. We actually thought, Beth, that she was responding to the chemotherapy. We, we thought, Ray, she was getting better. But how many of you know chemotherapy is poison? And it destroys your body's immune system. And so sepsis and MRSA attacked my mom and she went on. But I thought about that just in an instant. I'm watching my mom go from this lady that's fixing breakfast for my dad and still shelling beans and shucking corn and canning uh, vegetables to a little lady laying in the hospital. And But you know what? And I just, I asked her, I said, Mama, I said, are you, are you hurting? And she said, yeah. And I said, Mama, do you want me to get the doctors to give you a list? She said, yeah. I said, Mom, do you want something to drink? And she said, yeah. And she was so weak, and I'm just watching all this unfold. I said, Mama, are you scared? And she said, no. Oh, no. And do you know, folks, going forward, let me tell you, if you have someone who's dying or in hospice, the last thing to go is their hearing. And you need to let them know it's okay to go on. You, you, you need to be able to tell them, it's okay, Mama. And the nurse called me from hospice. She was only there two days. She said, I don't know what you said to her, but she went on peacefully. But you know what? She had dying grace, but you don't get it until you need it. You don't get a miracle until you need one. But how many of you know God's still in control? How many of you know God can fix this whole thing? God can fix it. God will fix it. But he's going to fix it in his time. How many of you know that? How many of you know Donald Trump is not the answer? How many of you know Joe Biden is not the answer? How many of you know 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is the answer? If my people who are called by my name, listen, folks, God gave us the answer. Let me kind of wind this down. What you call a crisis God calls a classroom. Think about this. Every crisis is either from the devil or it's from God. But how many of you know that God can teach us things in a crisis that we'll never learn until we're there? Does anybody remember the story in the Bible? The Bible says there was a woman who had an issue of blood. Anybody remember? That story, <laughs> how many of you know, issue of blood, how many of you know she was bleeding to death? How many of you know she was hemorrhaging? And she, she went to Jesus. She Listen, I'm sure she had other plans. They might have had a sale down at the market. 
But she wanted to get in. She wanted to see Jesus. Everybody listen. You ought to write this down. Problems, pains, emergencies, desperation, write it down, will open a doorway to intimacy with God that you will never have until you get desperate. How many of you believe you're closer to the Lord when trouble comes than at any other time of your life? Some of you here, you couldn't remember the last time you wept over your kids. Your kids aren't saved. Somebody says to me the other day, well, I I would talk to my son about Jesus, but I don't want to drive him further away. To where? He's going to hell. Where are you going to drive him to that's any worse than where he's already going? Young people, if listen, I hope you hear this. You ought to write this down. God's destiny for your life doesn't require deals with other people. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You show me who your friends are and I'll show you where you're headed. And by the way, parents, that's why your kids' friends need to be important to you. I used to tell my kids, you're not going to their house. They can come to our house. You want to know why? We don't drink. We don't sell drugs. We don't smoke pot. They do. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but I'm not going to put you in that environment. If I won't let it happen in my house, I'm not going to send you something. Well, you're trying to keep them in a chair. And some of you parents need to quit being afraid of your kids. You're held hostage by a 12-year-old. I'm watching this yesterday. This child's head spinning around, and he's pulling, ah! And the mother goes, now, you are not going to get an ice cream. What? Tase him. (laughs) For his glory. (laughs) Do you... (laughs) I just don't know what to do with him. I know what to do. Send him to my house. I will heal him. How many of you remember a day if you got in trouble at school, you were in more trouble when you got home? Oh, not you little parents. You're down at the schoolhouse because somebody has something against your child. And by the way, if you can't control a two-year-old, you don't have a prayer when they're 12. My buddy Dave's a school teacher. (laughs) Ooh, Lord. Spirit of Medea is just coming all over me. Somebody stood in his classroom and said, yo, man, you ain't my dad. You ain't my mom. You know what I'm saying? You ain't my dad. I ain't sitting down. I'd have lost my job that day. You have the right to remain unconscious. Just lay there. Listen, folks, 99% of the time when your teacher tells you that your kid, your kid, your kid is misbehaving, they're misbehaving. Quit blaming everything on your inability to take responsibility. Own it. I want to leave you with two other thoughts, and I want the lady that's going to play to come. She, uh, I don't know where she's at. Is it smoking, out smoking? Oh, there you are. 
Us musicians, they smoke in between sets, you know. How many of you know that's a joke? And you have to say that because somebody will get wadded up. Somebody will get offended. I've met people this year so hateful. I could slap them and God would say amen. They're just, they're just hateful. You know, um, two things. And as she begins to play, listen to this. If I could do it all over again, I would learn this lesson really quick. If you won't let God heal the hurt in your life, you're going to bleed on the people who didn't cut you. How many of you know hurting people hurt people? If you don't like what you see in the mirror every morning, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, if you don't like yourself, somebody has to be a target for that frustration. And granted, some of you were raised in homes where you never had affirmation, you never had encouragement. You were told from your earliest memory you'll never amount to anything. And what's sad is you've chosen that path. See, instead of choosing that path, that could be all the motivation you need never to be that. I see these young people again. Hey, guys, if I ever told you one thing that could save your life, I hope you'll never forget this. Please listen to this. And they'll, they'll tell you what I'm saying is right. It is better to avoid what you might not be strong enough to resist. Let me explain that to you. Hey, Dad. Jason's having a party, and they're going to be a little bit of this, a little bit. Don't worry, Dad. I'm going to go, but I'm not going to do that. Here's a better choice. Hey, Dad, Jason's having a party. They're going to be doing this, so I'm not going. It's better to avoid what you might not be strong enough to resist. Folks, how many, how many problems could we have saved ourselves in this life if we would have just avoided it? Instead of held hands with it. Some of you wonder why your life is not. You can't be holding hands with the world and wonder why God's not blessing you. And listen, you can look at this crowd. This is not a group of hardened criminals. This is not a, this is not a church full of strippers and drug addicts. But if it were, you know what? They should be welcome. Because a church ought to be a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for the self-righteous. Hello? Is it still on? People need to know there's hope. But folks, I'll tell you what's changed my life. I wear it on my wrist. I, we can't keep those shirts in stock. We sell you talk about a conversation start, and it's just this. By the way, it's it, it has motivated everything I do now. 
It's this statement. You heard me say it last time. Eternity's a long time to be wrong. It's a long time to be wrong. What if? I don't know if I can come down here, but Mr. Soundman, just be aware that I'm down here for a minute. So, in just a moment, life as you know it can change. It can all change. There's a wonderful gospel piano player. I don't know if you know the name Jeff Stice. Jeff played for Triumphant Quartet and just incredible musician. Wonderful musician. 61 years old, 61. And I guess he was weak from COVID. He was weak and he was frail. And he was walking through his house, I think, in the bathroom. I don't have all the details, not 100%, but I'm pretty sure of this. He tripped and he fell. And he suffered spinal cord injury and neck injury and then his kidneys begin to shut down and you know the story 61 years old that quick James asked this question here's the question what is your life and then he answers it James asks the question what is your life and then he says your life is like a vapor a mist fog it's here for a little while and then it's gone. It's like, honestly, I don't mind saying I, I don't mind saying what nobody else will say. But it's like you people that got money that's gone to sleep. You you couldn't spend what you have. So you're going to leave it for kids to fight over. And it sounds self-serving, not meant to be self-serving. But instead of helping an evangelist or helping your church or helping a missionary who's going out every week trying to make a difference, you're going to hold on to Listen, there's no honor in being the richest man in the cemetery. You're not taking it with you. Well, we're saving it. For what? You're almost dead. Saving it for what? You're 85. How much longer do you have? I know your hairdresser says you're middle-aged, but your body says different. But folks, I'm telling you at my age, do you know what I think about? And I've been preaching over 40 years. I think about eternity. I want to know that I know. That I know, that I know, that I know that I'm saved. And I'm here to announce to you, I do know that. And I'm thankful. I believe you can know that you're saved. And I believe if you can know that you're saved, other people are going to know that you're saved. And I believe if you're saved, your life's going to be different. And I believe if you're saved, your life has changed. God, God hasn't saved you if he hasn't changed you. You can pray a prayer at youth camp. You can be in an active youth department. But when God saves you, he changes you. He makes you different. You don't keep doing what you're doing if you're sorry for what you've done. Life is just like this. I'm, t- I'm old. You, things shift and fall out and ache. 
I remember when I was your age. Hey, how you doing? Hey, now it's... Anybody else have to stand and wait about five minutes before you take off anywhere? You just want to make sure the earth doesn't move. How many of you can relate? After I turned 50, which was a long time ago, you know what my doctor said to me? Two words, don't fall. Folks, when you fall after 50, it's a whole different world. Little things you take for granted. Oh, my. Folks, do you know that you're saved? Are you doing what you can? Did I go too long? I pray I didn't. Can I tell you this final story? Just a final story. So, and I won't give you names. I want to respect the privacy. I have a friend who said to me, he said, I got two six-figure bonuses last year. That's a lot of money. It has to be over 100000 right, to be six figures. Got two of them last year. We've built our dream home. My wife and I live on the lake in our dream home. She's in good health. I'm in good health. And then he looks at me and he says... My food doesn't taste good. I can't sleep at night. I worry constantly. I said, what's wrong? He said, my son's going to hell. He said, I've got one son. He wants nothing to do with God. He's going to hell. Tell me how you can enjoy him. And listen, folks, write it down. Being rich is not a sin. But being rich is not a solution. You can have all the money in the world and not have true riches. You can have all the money in the world and not be able to pillow your head at night. And he said, my son is not saved. He's going to hell. Please tell me, Pastor, how I'm supposed to enjoy a meal at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Or a trip to Cabo or the Caribbean when I have a son who's going to hell. Do you have kids that are unsaved? Does that affect any part of your thinking? Do you have grandkids that are not saved? I'll tell you what I've learned. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When God tells you to do something, you do it when he tells you to do it. Because if you try to do it after he tells, it may not have the same effect. Does that make sense? God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. Does anybody remember? Does anybody remember when God told him to do that? He took, he took his son, saddled the ass, they took off. Anybody remember that? But do you remember when he was about to plunge the knife into his son, he heard what? A ram caught in a thicket, right? How many of you know if he hadn't went when God told him to go, that ram wouldn't have been there when he needed it? Folks, doing right is doing right when God says to do it. When are you going to say you're sorry? How many more years? 
How many more years before you say you're sorry? Your family needs a hero. Quit waiting for somebody else to say it. Well, it's not my fault. I have one, one question. Whose fault was it in the Garden of Eden? Whose fault was it? Was it Adam and Eve? They sinned, correct? Who took the initiative to make things right? God. The innocent took the initiative to make things right with the guilty. God took the initiative to go to Adam and Eve and make things right. So even if you feel that you're innocent, why don't you do the right thing? You try to make things right. Because life is a vapor. And eternity is a long time to be wrong. Will you bow your head? I sure love you all. I love this church. I love your pastor. He's a great man. As our sister plays, and you're doing such a wonderful job, I want to ask you a question. How many friends today would just hold up your hand and say, Jamie, I don't know about anybody else in this building, but I really needed what I heard today. God spoke to my heart. Some things in my life I just need to let God change. Some priorities that need to change. Some repentance that needs to take place. Some directives I need to impart into my life. So I want to ask you this. How many of you at Harmony Baptist Church today would take your hand as high as you can, hold it straight up in the air and say, I needed what I heard today. God spoke to my heart today, and I want to be different because of what I heard today. Would you take your hand high as you can, hold it straight up in the air, straight up in the air. Everybody who raised your hand, would you look right here at me? Everybody who raised your hand. Everybody who raised your hand. Every person Jesus called, he called publicly. I don't know if you're nervous to come forward or stand next to somebody. That's your choice. But I'd like to ask you to do something. If you raised your hand today and you said, I needed what I heard today. God spoke to me. I need to, I need to be different because of what I heard today. I needed the encouragement I got today. I needed to laugh a little bit today. I don't want you to wait and see who else comes. And you might not be able to kneel. Kneeling may not be as easy for you. Maybe you just come and stand. But every teenager, every young adult, every senior adult, every middle-aged adult, every married couple, every one of you that raised your hand, if you meant it when you said, I needed it, Pray for me. I want you to get up out of your seat. I don't want you to see who else comes. And I want you to walk right forward and stand right here at this altar. Come on down. Just come on down. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Come on around. Come on around this way. Right here in the front. Come on around. Come this way. 
Come on, yeah. Come on around, friends. I want to see you. Come on, friends. I want to see you. Come on around this way. <clears throat> Would you let me pray with you? I'm telling you, <clears throat> just here. God can fix this. Whatever you're going through, God can fix this. God can make it better. He can. How many of you do how many of you know what a conditional scripture means? A conditional scripture. If my people who are called by my name, okay, conditions. If we confess <clears throat> our sin, he is faithful and just that's called conditional scriptures. How many of you know God's always willing to do his part? He really is. Would you let God do what he has to do in your life to change it forever for the good? Would you be that teenager? Would you be that young person who says, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want us to bow our heads. I want to do two prayers, if you don't mind. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today in the auditorium or at the altar, and you're not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, would you pray this? Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I can't save myself, but I know you can. With my mouth, I confess. In my heart, I believe that you died for me. And I place my faith, I place my trust in you, Jesus, and what you did for me on the cross. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Please accept me. I don't want anyone to look, but if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? All over this building, if you prayed that prayer, God bless you. Hold up your hands as high as you can. God bless you, honey. Can I pray for the rest of us now? Father, there are lives represented here. There are struggles <clears throat> represented here. There are physical challenges, financial challenges. God, there's emotional challenges here at this altar. There are family issues at this altar. God, there are health issues represented at this altar, but God, we know that you're a God of great comfort. We know that you are a forgiving God. We know that you are the great physician. Nothing surprises you. And so, God, today, I pray that men and women would just say, Lord, I want to do what I need to do while I can still do it to make a difference. And God, I want to take what's left of my life and use it for your glory. And God, I pray that what has happened at this altar today at Harmony Baptist Church would energize this church to be a light in this city, this county, this state, and around the world that folks might come to faith in Christ. I thank you for Pastor John, his family, this wonderful staff. God bless us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And on your way back to your seat, would you just shake somebody's hand? Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share 
hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.